0: Hello and welcome to Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Jim Rugg. I'm Ed Piscor. And I'm Tom Scholey. Fun video today, but first want to remind everybody that we will be on the road in October. From the 6th to the 9th, you can catch us at CXC in Columbus, Ohio. At the end of the month, October 28th to the 30th, we return to Baltimore Comic Con, the original site of Cartoonist Kayfabe, the first conversation about this show. And October 22nd, I will be at the Jacksonville Public Library for their Comic and Zine Festival. We are also coming up on Cartoonist Tober. so here is our drawing prompt list. We hope a lot of the Cartoonist Kayfabe loyalists out there will participate. We know there's a lot of talent in there, so if you do participate in Cartoonist Tober, tag us so that we can share as many of your images as possible. But today, Ed, Tom, the reason for this episode, we love these videos where a couple of cartoonists tackle the same story in very different ways. In this case, Ray Bradbury's A Sound of Thunder, interpreted by the great Richard Corbin and the equally great Al Williamson. Talk yes. about a heavyweight fight. This uh-huh. is going to be a uh, a battle of legends. And, and, and it's an impossible
1: fight, and it's an unfair fight, because Richard Corbin has a suitable pages. amount of pages yes. to... <laughs> To get the story out there so he can have a little bit of storytelling happen, some visual payoffs and things. That is just almost never possible in an EC comic. So let's call it a celebration <laughs> because you can't really pit them against one another because of the the, the shackles that Williamson and Crankle and Frazetta were, were sort of under.
0: Yeah, it's very uh, interesting because I have Just utmost respect for both of these artists. They are so different. Uh Uh, It's we are using the box set edition of Weird Science Fiction for Al Williamson, and I think that makes sense because we're showing off his craftsmanship here. You know his line art, and uh, Richard Corbin also has color that he's doing himself. So. Again, some apples and oranges here, but definitely starting with the same source material, a lot of the text the same yes. between the two mm-hmm. pieces. Yes. Uh, so we'll try to keep track of where the page breaks end since we have a different set of pagination. It's kind of interesting to see which parts are expanded in one or the other. Yeah. And uh, and we can dive in. The first thing that's kind of different is this title page for Richard Corbin's version of A Sound of Thunder. I think that's a complete separate piece. You know what I mean? This is almost like a, a cover for this story. Because once we get inside on page one, you can see yeah, it a lot a more, more similarities one one, yeah. to what we see with the uh, EC version. Like a lot of these elements are going to be the same. Uh, very different how he sets up the space here. Pretty traditional in, your, in Al Williamson, like bring all of our players together. Right from the get-go we know what's going on. We're in this company that's going to do time travel for a safari, an exotic uh, safari.
2: Yeah. And, um, you know, this is Ray Bradbury Comics is the cover for this one. And then this one uh, adapted from a story by Ray Bradbury. So Ray Bradbury is kind of the star in these, you know, ostensibly. And that's why as wordy as like a an EC comic typically is, this feels wordier because I think they want to kind of highlight Ray Bradbury's text there's, as much as possible. There's
1: a lot that they have to sell to the reader, that they feel the need to sell to the reader to uh, to sort of get everything... To, to work, and you know they're talking about like recent elections. Yeah. Uh, in these very, you're you're totally trained to to know that anything that's mentioned in an EC comic is never just put in there for no reason. You have six pages, so it's all got to make sense for for the story. So the second they bring up this dictatorship stuff, and then you start talking about time and you know screwing things up if you just step on a butterfly or whatever like we we already know what's going to happen at the end
2: yeah how how different things would have been if the election went the other way and stuff and yeah yeah it feels so out of place in terms of right. like we just hand. we just
1: want to go on a fucking safari and you're going to tell me about uh you know your p- political
0: ideology do you blame uh do you criticize Brad i mean that's that's bradbury's choice right that that's well, going to be the thing that is um sort of the stakes well, that's, of, of this
1: time that is why I wish I would have listened to, like, an audiobook while I was working yesterday, because maybe it was way more subtle. Yeah. Because...
0: Corbin is using this I feel like as his source material. I thought that too. And that's another reason I'd be curious what the original text is. And I mean Corbin's an EC fan, right? So even if he's not using this directly, I have to assume he's read this story. It's such a iconic
1: story. I mean like Dave Gibbons, like we talked about it in the Watchmen thing and he you know, he brought it up and stuff. Like it this has been adapted in a million different ways. Uh there have been nods
0: and homages. Like the whole butterfly effect thing yes. is I mean that's that's Bradbury. The one thing that's interesting to me about the election stuff is when you think of our times now, oh, yeah. like I say it, I think every week we re- record now that things just don't change. Like yeah. problems that were around when I was a kid seem to still be the problems around now. And it makes me think like politically, have we always had this, right. Where it, it's just so divisive and maybe in the past we didn't talk about it as much, but with social media you're going to, uh, because it feels like this is something that you would see in a new story now today. Right now the the feel of the Corbin one,
2: it feels so much like in sort of the 80s of like those movies like aliens and predator like all those like it's got and and that's kind of like a fun element to it
0: it feels like that part's really aged well the guy the the main character Eccles. Even looks like a uh, a bit player from one of those '80s kind of yeah. movies. Yeah, it's it's like, like Dennis, Dennis Franz. <laughs> <laughs> one change from is uh, Buffalo. Lyman is the character in in this story the uh, the presidential character, and in here it's like Doucher. So I don't know who's the original name and why yeah, that's changed. It's probably too soon
1: to be fucking with that kind of shit here.
2: I'm, I mean, he's also like you know, he's obviously referencing this, but I'm sure he had to have a cut. Cause there's like some elements that are in the Bradbury story that show up in here that aren't in here.
0: There's a little bit of change here and that this looks like it's set in, um, not in a city. Yeah. As yeah. opposed to, you know, we get this big city shot. How about the reflection on like your, your glass towers of the cars and mm-hmm. congestion in the streets? Um, a loud amount of detail. And there.
2: this, this is kind of like a gritty kind of future. This is like, uh, you know, the the just that Williamson look. It's it's Flash Gordon. It's this like aspirational kind of look. Look at that drapery, dude! Amazing. You know, like he totally posts somebody out.
1: The these I got this at a uh, flea market. It's my first EC hardcover that I that I ever got, and it made it's the only thing that ever made me feel like maybe I'm never gonna get to make <laughs> comics because this is just I. I would try to
0: copy this stuff, and it would look so terrible. That's one of the parallels, I think, between these two uh, versions of the story, or the levels of craft on display are mm-hmm. phenomenal. Yeah. Like, so high. So, page one, we get to, you know, see a afraid, and he's staring at his check. That's about here. That's about two and a half pages into the Corbin is one page. Yeah. In the uh, original EC. I think there's some massive differences in terms of our... Uh, time machine design. You know, we don't see a lot of the time machine. It's just an egg shape mm-hmm. in the Corbin version, and it's a little bit more of a sci-fi kind of piece. Still got the, the uh, dome. EC. Yeah, definitely round. The Williamson stuff is so much fun to look at. Yeah. You know? It really is. Brilliant, brilliant drawing. Man, the amount of text on these mm-hmm. pages. Quite a bit. Just get as much drawing in as possible. You see the uh, emphasis on these
1: cool guns, you know, kind mm-hmm. of a high-tech guns. <laughs> that He's a real chicken hawk fella, too, man. Talking all that
0: smack. But when it comes down to it he's a piece he's a of our time travel is extremely truncated in the ec yeah. version it's pretty much one panel and you see corbin going wild here with uh, a pretty fun page as they go through from first a day then a night then a day and night and pretty soon years and decades and uh you know several million years hundred million years as they go back through the costuming much more I don't know, elaborate, I guess. Right. Reminds me a little bit of like The Eaternaut or, or something. Yeah. Some of these costumes that uh, Corbin is applying. But again, I think you chalk that up to a 1950s version of sci-fi uh-huh. versus a nineteen ninety like yeah, version of uh, sci-fi. And I think the color really plays out too. Like once you get back into that dinosaur landscape, color is really helpful and uh, very limited. If you look at the uh, EC color version, you know, it's, it's that limited palette. That is Al Williamson. Yeah. By the way.
1: And got to give shouts to Roy Crinkle, who is probably the background
0: man on, on most of these panels and your white screen tones. Oh, yeah. They apply uh-huh. so much craft to that. It's amazing. Um, here's our big speech going on, trying to explain the butterfly. Effect, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, pretty much almost verbatim yeah. to to uh, the
1: text in, in the original. And uh, <laughs> this is a story I read super young and and thinking about that concept. Uh-huh. Uh, it just blew my mind. I would, I would be up at night thinking about that idea. Yeah,
2: at a, at a time when this, like it's become a very, like everybody knows it now, but at a, the first time you hear it when you're a little kid or whatever. And,
1: yeah. and I mean, we had Back to the Future and yeah. stuff, mm-hmm. but just specifically, you know, if 10 ra- if ten mice die, then 100 mice yeah. don't get born, and, and then 1,000 mice don't get born, and then
0: somebody's gonna starve. I like the idea of like, we're cutting away while we're having exposition, like let's see some interesting stuff, a little more variation than just, uh, just headshots. When I go to the
2: beach, there's like this wilderness path that has these like little <laughs> right. elevated platforms going on. And every time I'm on there, this is exactly what I think of this <laughs> stay, story.
0: Stay on the path. Yeah, Yeah, yeah they, they path, yeah. emphasize the path in both of the stories, of course. The stories are very, very similar. And, you know, you see kind of Corbin gets, because of this extra page count, yes. kind of he gets yeah. to expand some of these moments that... Maybe you don't get that luxury at EC at the time, right? Our chicken hawk is is
1: pointing the gun, and they're like, "Dude, don't even play around!" And you have to like get a magnifying glass to see. And then he's and then he's antsy. Come on, man, where's that T Rex at? I want to go fuck up a T Rex. They explain how to kill a T Rex. You got to shoot each of its eyeballs and then go
0: for its brain. Yeah, here's a piece where you think of like two great cartoonists. How do you solve this stuff? And you're not going to show us the T Rex. You know, like they both end on the setup of like, there it is. Uh-huh. Got to turn the page to get your payoff. And uh, that's consistent in both of these versions.
1: And it's almost the same composition in a way, but like with the color, it really feels like the beginning of Pee Wee's Playhouse or something, right. like a Ray
0: Harryhausen mm-hmm. kind yeah. of a stop motion. Yeah, yeah I'm thinking dinosaur. Land of the Lost. Yeah. It's the, the same. Yeah. Yeah, I, I thought that too. And it's another one where I think like, It's a reference to the original, right? Yeah. Uh You know, the the designs there are pretty consistent. I'm going to break there to let everybody know that we are working cartoonists here at Cartoonist Kayfabe. The way we uh, keep making these videos is that we sell you books. Ed Piscor's Red Room, Trigger Warnings, and the Antisocial Network are out now. Available wherever you buy comics or books. Completely self-contained collections of the first two seasons of Red Room. Pick that up wherever you buy comics. Tom Scioli's Fantastic Four. Grand Design, and Jack Kirby, The Epic Life of the King of Comics, available in print everywhere books are sold. And Hulp Grand Design, my latest comic, available in comic book format now. And the oversized Treasury Edition will be out in January. Pre-order that today. And Street Angel Deadly Scroll Live from Image Comics, back in print after almost a year out of print. So pick that one up and uh, keep the lights on here at Cartoonist Kayfabe.
2: Now, talking about, like, comparing the Corbin to the Williamson we've talked about this where it's like you you just have the advantage being alive now so and like we've done it with like our grand designs and stuff where somebody already did a bunch of legwork on this thing and now you can make something
0: really wonderful just like you know b- building off of that and, and so, it's,
2: it's culture. Yeah, that's that's culture it works. yes
0: I also think one one of the big differences you can see is the figure work sure. of Al Williamson you know Corbin great on color so you do his story in color very smart but you get to really see like Al Williamson is such a good figure artist. Yeah, this this format is the
2: way to do it too. Cause like I read the the EC one in here mm-hmm. and it's just like with the, the colors, colors and the shrinking. Yeah, it's bad. I, I couldn't find my uh, EC reprint of that story in time. So.
0: Yeah, the coloring in this, the 90s version of EC coloring, mm-hmm. ouch. Um, Man, this is uh, a very different treatment, but both times, Echo just panics, and <laughs> I probably would too.
1: Yeah, man, I, I ain't even hating, dude.
0: So he you goes, got this
1: face coming after you. Yeah, <laughs> he <goes laughs> yeah, running away.
0: Pretty great of everybody shooting uh, T Rex. Got to aim for his eyeballs and then shoot into his brain. Right. <laughs> <laughs> They're very detailed in both of these readings as to how you're going to take this thing down. Pretty good both times in terms of like a, a big scary T Rex face coming at you. You, you know. You mentioned earlier, Ed, like, you can't really point at one of these and say, hey, one, sure. one's better than the other, but you see that, like, the stuff that makes sense, the page term for a T-Rex, the scary T-Rex head, they're both nailing these things. Yeah, these absolutely. are the big moments of this story that you've got to hit. Yeah, be- because Corbin can be less brief, the way that
1: he gets the guy off the platform is more satisfying than the way it happens here. It's very mm-hmm.
0: random here. The guy just jumps off or something. Yes. Yeah, let's see if we can find that piece, because he yells at him not that way, and I don't know if we even see him step off, which may be a little bit of a, uh, a misstep on the part of the EC version, because that's important. Like they were warned over and over not to go off of that trail, and uh, we don't actually see Echoes step off. I think they just see like a muddy boot, and that's how they figure it out. Here we actually see the guy rolling around in the in the vegetation.
1: And here's here's a storytelling piece where, that they handle better in the Williamson flip flip it. The idea is, and I don't know if they even explore it in this thing. Um, that a tree is going to come down yeah. and fall upon it.
0: Okay. Okay, yeah, there it is. Never mind. It's it's in both. Yeah, they're very careful that the way they're going to the reason you can kill this T-Rex is because it was going to die anyway, so you're not going to mess up, you know, the future. Uh. No.
2: When Williamson gets this page to draw, these words are already here. Like so, he doesn't have a lot of wiggle room in terms of pacing. The pacing's already been set down.
0: You know what's interesting is like you say that and and you're right but also like you can see where he does take some liberties mm-hmm. you know like like probably the default is that this would be the width of the caption panel, yeah but we need to show a little bit more of that tree that rooted tree that fell
2: on him well you have krigstein where he would just cut the pages up that he got and like
0: repaste them down and a lot of uh man they're pissed at Eccles. same thing <laughs> uh-huh. here and in this case, they—well, in both cases—they make him go back and cut the bullets
2: out of the T-Rex. Yeah. So I guess like the guys who run this service would have to do. That's one of the shitty parts of the job. But now they're so mad at this guy, they can make him do it.
0: And you kind of see him slumbering back there, all uh, dejected and scared and worried about it. In this case, you get a close-up of the face, showing that kind of anguish. <laughs> and. From there it's just a matter of heading back to the uh, regular time.
1: Got the previously established sign for the time safari and that is your immediate indicator
0: that we're not in Kansas anymore. Is it the same language? It is. Which again has to go back to the Bradbury Text originally, yeah. But that misspelling is your first indicator that something is not the
1: way we left it. What's fun is like if you think about that in the filter of idiocracy, mm-hmm. like how you, can, yeah.
0: Like... You can even see like uh, in this case, our our guy, the receptionist or whoever's programming this, different a different look, different uniform there mm-hmm. as well. So things are different, and uh, Echo starts looking at what exactly did I do, and there's your butterfly. Pretty small, pretty subtle there. A little bit more focus on the Corbin. I'm guessing that in the EC, you know, in the original, that's colored in a way that you can't miss that there's a butterfly wing crushed up there on his boot heel. Yeah, yeah, you would hope. And uh, these guys are real unhappy with him, but that's about it. Right. Oh yeah. There's right. no ramification. No They're, sound of thunder. That's that's right. No titular uh, sound of thunder. In this case. Travis is not going to let that happen. Echoes has to pay a price for what he's done. And uh, there's your second sound of thunder. Yeah, and it's just full punitive punishment. Just
1: like, dude, you're such a fucking drip. You're so whack. Look what you did. We got to off you. Because these guys are hip, you know? Like, like they knew what timeline was like
2: beforehand. Yeah, a little earlier, he's like, I'm so mad at that guy. I could fucking kill him. And then
0: now it's like... I love that this exists. Yeah. Uh But it does feel very, very similar. Like, it's kind of surprising that you would commission a new version of this story because the Al Williamson story is really strong.
1: Yeah, he has one they of the...
0: reprinted reprint it in this volume. They do. Yep, there it Boy, is. Oh, that's crazy color. Yep. It's ugly. Not not ideal. But you already have this story. So this is a, this is one that I've pulled out of, like, quarter bins and stuff uh-huh. in the past. Um, you know, early 90s, so there's a big print, healthy print run. If anybody out there watching this is interested, this is a book you can certainly track down and you know do your own comparisons but man two really beautiful artists yeah, yeah working yeah. on the same source material
1: and that solidifies that solidifies like a you know a culturally significant little story you know mm-hmm. it, it, it it sells it to a new generation
0: kind of interesting because you have 50s you have uh like late 80s early 90s about time for another version of this story yeah it's true like eventually you know
1: Bradbury stuff will be public domain
0: and and you know, go ahead and do it. Fantagraphics just—they've been collecting the EC comics in different formats. Just released an oversized collection of all the Ray Bradbury stories, nice yeah. uh, in black and white, really nice reproduction. So, lots of ways to get hold of this material. And Bradbury—he's a guy from fandom, man. He was a part of like the earliest sci-fi
1: fandom and fanzines and stuff. Uh, in the Ray Bradbury comics, the intro he talks about his high school chum Ray Harryhausen, and they would do stuff, and, and decided to. You know have have creative careers together and and inspired one another and the bradbury show as it came out uh got bootleg adaptations from ec and he happened upon them because he is a comic head you know you could find interviews where he's talking about his love of comics and captain marvel and junk like that man and instead of being a bitch and just trying to be perfectly american and like suing their asses off he just sent them basically an invoice. Yeah, right. You know, I charge 50 bucks per adaptation, you, but you forgot to send me the, my checks.
0: Yeah, that's pretty fun. Um, you know, the last note that I, that I have on the comparison part is Williamson and company, they're black and white artists. Yes. And what you see here is like that attention to all these different screen tones that are put on here. You know, it's not just literally black or white line art. It's kind of like creating this whole full spectrum this full value range in black and white and i think that's one of the areas that you can compare and again there's no winner there but corbin doing that in color uh-huh. versus you know williamson who who works in black and white really bringing all his black and white tools to the game too so you've got these amazing craftsmen that just specialize in slightly different areas and they're both on display in these two versions
1: yeah man We're going to have to get off cam and and decide on who would be the uh, 2020 person to pick up the mantle. Yeah, I was wondering if anybody had a suggestion. (laughs) We we,
2: we could all do one. (laughs) I mean, this is what it made me want to do. Like, seeing Corbin's version of this, I want to do my version of Corbin and Williamson. You know know
1: what's funny is, like, I don't have this comic, and I was uh, was looking online to to read it, and you could find, like, comments associated with, like, the the bootleg shits, man. And... uh, it reminds me of the channel in certain ways where the makers kind of see the value and like the, the, the smart marks see the value, but uh, then you had voluminous amount of just like, what a piece of shit, why would I read two story, the same story in the same comic two times, that's nonsense, blah, 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 and just like a whole lot of people on that tip. You know what, I'd like to ask all those people how many of the reboot, how many of the Batman movies <laughs> have you seen? Right? <laughs> Yeah, totally, did. You guys good to go? Yeah. K okay, favors like, follow, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell. We'll notify
0: you when new vids are available. What's out there, Jimmy? Street Angel Deadly Scroll Live is back in print after almost a year from Image Comics. Eight complete full-color stories of my homeless ninja on a skateboard. Perfect for any comic or superhero fan out there, and perfect with Christmas coming up. Uh, Hulk, Grand Design, Monster Madness. These two comic books are available now in comic book shops while supplies last and an oversized treasury-sized edition will be out in January. Pre-order that one now. Get those numbers up so that uh, Marvel knows they should do more Grand Design. And join me on patreon.com slash jimrug Tom, what do you have, man? Uh,
2: check out Jack Herbie, The Epic Life of the King of Comics, a perfect gift for the comics lover in your life, and also uh, Fantastic Four Grand Design, the whole story of the Fantastic Four in one volume. Check out my YouTube channel, Total Recall Show, and uh, do the uh, Jacktober uh, drawing prompts for the month of October.
1: Red Room Trigger Warnings, a Red Room Anti-Social Network Trey Paperback are in the stores as we speak. Each book completely self-contained. Murder on the Dark Web for Fun and Profit is the name of the game. Uh, both of these volumes are serialized completely on my Patreon for three bucks. You get the archive, and I'm serializing new stuff that won't see the light of the day till 2023. Once again, three bucks for the archive there, and you can order a current and future Red Room comics at my uh, link tree in the description below this video. Jimmy, what
0: else do we have out there? You can subscribe to the Cartoonist KFABE newsletter at the links below this video. You can also find Cartoonist KFABE t shirts and merchandise and fanny packs and more at our spread shop at the links below this video.
1: Another great way to support the Cartoonist KFABE channel, given those marching orders, we'll be on our way. Read more comics.